Hello, you are welcome to the Christian Authors Podcast, and I'm your host, Victory, bringing to you live and inspiration from the heart of the Father. I connect you to your favorite Christian authors across the world, and you get 10 authors you never knew before on this show. So get ready to be inspired, get ready to know more about what happens behind the scene of the writing for these Christian writers across the world. I can't wait to see you on every episode because you know what? We are here to stay and we are going nowhere. I hope you would not go anywhere too. I hope to see you on every episode of this show. to interview you, Cherry Schmidt. Did I get it right? You sure did. <laughs> I, I had to make research on how to pronounce the name, so I, I won't have to be apologizing over and over again. So you're yeah, welcome to the interview. And uh, I made my research on some of the books you have written, and God is really working with you and through your ministry. It's mm-hmm. blessing a lot of life. And you might not just sit now, but I know that it's going to be blessing a lot of life in the future. It's so amazing what God started doing with your ministry and what he's going to do with all other books that is going to come through you. Amen. So it's a privilege once again. It's a privilege once again to have you on this interview. So I have my list of questions here. <laughs> and yeah, but I don't think we'll I, I doubt if we'll be able to <laughs> we'll be able to do everything, but to the best of my knowledge, I'll be able to do what I can do. Okay, the first question is now your book uh, it's majorly about sharing your story and calling other people in. So how did you feel sharing your story in the book? You know, many writers they struggle with sharing their story. And so how do you get better at this? Was it not awkward? Uh, do you feel like, okay, why do you have to share this? Why can't I just come <laughs> from the fictional path and not my own life story? So how does it feel sharing your story to the, with the world? Well, I, I did struggle with that, um, with sharing my story. But, uh, you know, the Bible tells us that God desires truth in the inward part. So I wanted to make sure that what I was sharing was truthful. And um, I also wanted to make sure that people knew that I wasn't coming from a position of saying, look how easy it is, just do this. But I wanted to let them see that I struggled as well. And this is what God did in the middle of the struggle. You know, Victory, I think so often we are ashamed of things that we go through or our challenges, but God isn't. He shows his grace and his glory through our brokenness. So I wanted my brokenness to be on display so that his glory could be on display. Without the brokenness, we couldn't see his glory. Wow, I love that. God is always making a masterpiece from every broken Yes, so, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. And such a straightforward answer. I love that. Thank you very much. You know, your 
the way you shared your story in the book will inspire others. You know, they might not be stepmoms, they might just go through something similar. You know, everybody goes through hurt, pain, disappointment. Many people want to be want to feel loved without loving others in return. You know, the way you shared your story, the way you talked about your experience, I can help some of them to get started on what is God has to deal with them on their journey in life. So question number two, uh, the next question. Okay, so I listened to one of your interviews with um, IGN Studio, and you really broke a lot of things. And it was such a, an amazing interview, beautiful. I would recommend our listeners to, to listen to it. I'll share the link on the website. And you talked about how you started, um, how you sat on the idea of stepmom sanity for years. And um, so how do you know that it was time for you to start despite the challenges that were surrounding you? And how do you know that it was time for you to start the <laughs> ministry? And did you start writing the book, um, Waiting to be Wanted, A Stepmom Guide to Being Loved during the process? or it was after the process, how were you able to juggle everything all together? Right, so I, I started writing the book before uh, we before we launched Stepmom Sanity. I finished writing the book during the time we were launching Stepmom Sanity. And I knew it was time, honestly, because I was in prayer and God said, now is the time. And during the time we launched, I was actually recovering from surgery. I had, I was diagnosed with cancer and I had surgery at the end of January of, of 2020 and I'm recovering from surgery. And then we went into shutdown because of the uh, novel COVID, novel coronavirus. And that is when God said, now it's time to launch. And I was sitting on my couch thinking, how in the world are, are, are we going to do this? <laughs> what, why are we doing it now of all times? And the Lord said, don't worry about it. And within a week, Victory, literally almost one week later, someone called me and said, I need a project. And I, for whatever reason, I don't know why I started talking to them about stepmom sanity. And here it is. And everything that I needed for Stepmom Sanity to launch the way God showed it to me, he brought, he brought the graphic design, he brought everyone. He brought the graphic wow. designer, he brought the intercessors. So we have a prayer team that prays for us and prays for the women that we get to serve. He brought, um, he brought an accountant. He brought, he just brought everybody that we needed in order for this to, to launch the way he wanted to launch. And, and I've, I've been excited to just be along for the journey. It's like his story, but I'm just getting to live my part in his story. Wow, that's good. I always tell people that when God is calling to something, the first thing you should not think about is where will the people come? Where will the money come from? Where will so and so come from? Too much worrying makes you makes you lose your focus so you you just have to trust god's word the same go just go because it's going to align your step did you start writing the book waiting to be wanted during the process 
I started writing the book before the process, um, and then I finished the book during the process. But I want I want to say something to what you just said, because even after we start something that God tells us, even though he sends people and he equips us, sometimes it can be very difficult to continue um, to continue in what he has called us to do. And we can struggle with not feeling adequate or not feeling able. And I struggled with that um, a little bit during the process. And God gave me this scripture, First Chronicles 28 and 20. And it says this, then David said to his son, Solomon, be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged wow. for the Lord God, my God is with you. He won't leave you or abandon you until all the work for the service of the Lord's house is finished. So to piggyback on what you wow, were saying, isn't that amazing to, to, that God would put that in there and to piggyback on what you were saying that God, when he calls us to something, he is with us until the work is completed. He, he equips us, he yes. is for us, he goes before us, he strengthens us, he gives us his grace to do what we can't do in our own strength. He does it. And so the only thing we have to do is obey. It, it's like GPS. GPS tells you turn right and we turn right. GPS says, now keep going straight for three miles and we go straight for three miles. And then GPS says, turn left and we turn left. It's just that, like that. Just okay. that. Wow, that's good. That's, that's just exactly what it is. And I love the illustration that you made with GPS. <laughs> that's amazing. So, okay, to the next question. Um, <laughs> to the next question, okay. You mentioned in one of your interviews Sorry, most of my audience are people that they are upcoming writers and uh, people that maybe they've started their first big project and people that want to start out a business, those that want to be an entrepreneur like you and maybe God is calling them to a ministry and they find it so hard to embrace it. And I know most of them, what lies ahead of them might just be a life similar to yours. And they will need to be encouraged. They will need to know what it takes for them to be able to show that the responsibility God is going to be placing on them. So you mentioned in one of your interviews and you said the outcome belongs to him. My pleasure is to do the will of God. Now, when I listened to this, I had to just, just pause the interview and say, what? This is, this is, <laughs> this is amazing. You no, know, the outcome belongs to him. The pleasure is to do the will of God. Now, can you expatiate more on this for our audience? Some of them are struggling to accept what God has called them to, to be. You know, it's another thing to receive the vision. And the Bible said we should write out the vision and make it plain upon tables. It's another thing to write out the vision, but it's another thing to embrace fully what God has called you to be, what God is planting your steps like what god is planting your feet on what is asking you to the the path is asking you to tread upon is another thing to say okay this path i'm going to tread it because i know god is with me now what what word do you have to people that struggle to accept what god has called them to be how are you able to accept the fact that god was calling you to be a mother to children that were yours and starting a ministry that has to embrace the same thing you have to go through 
What, well, what's your advice to people like that? Well, here's, I, I want to say, be okay with struggling. It's okay to struggle. It took me four books to embrace that I was an author. And it took me like seven or eight years to embrace that God wanted me to minister to stepmoms. It's okay to, to be where you are. Trust God that if you, if you pursue God, here's my advice, pursue the father, per, pursue him in prayer, pursue him in worship, read his word and obey him because he will lead you to your purpose. You know, Joseph was 17 when he got the dream that his family was going to bow before him, but it was some 20 some odd years later before that happened. In the meantime, he was thrown into a pit. He was sold into slavery. He was thrown into prison. He was acute, you know, he was accused, falsely accused of rape. Um, all of these things happened. He was forgotten in prison. Then finally, he was placed second in command to Pharaoh. And then it was still some years before his family, before the fulfillment of the dream that God gave him. So understand that as we pursue, but all that, during all that time, he remained faithful to God. So do everything that you do, do for the glory of God. And God, when I say God owns his own outcomes, that's exactly what it is. If God said this is for you to do, he's going to lead you to it. He really is. My advice to you is to pursue him and to obey him, obey the steps. Wow, that's okay. I'm learning. I don't know what interviewing you, but I'm learning. I'm learning. It's ministering to my needs and it's ministering to the fact uh, some of the things God has told me to do, but uh, afraid to take the baby step, afraid to say, oh, I'm the only one doing it. Uh, what will others say? Or to the fact that someone else is doing this, why should I do it? The person is doing it better. You know, God is calling us to different uh, scope of people. Yes. That we are ministering to this age. God might be calling you to minister to an age higher or an age lower than what the person is doing. And that's such an amazing thing. Okay, so waiting is such a difficult season. And uh, I was in chapter one, you mentioned about it in your book. That's the famished act. If I, if I, if I get it right, yes, yes, waiting is such a difficult season. And you said, you said, we can't wait to be done with it. But it's not that we, we can actually escape it. We can't escape the waiting period. Now, the waiting period for everybody is different. Uh, the, the, the trials, what comes your way is different. So can you speak briefly on the stages associated with waiting? And how was the waiting period for you in the new family? I'm sure the audience will have a thing or two to learn from it. How was the waiting period for you? And how were you able to come out with, I think, 11 stages in the book? How were you able to come out with those stages? And how can, okay, how can we, okay, how can we young people, you know, yes, we are young, how can we... <laughs> How can we use those steps to know that our father is holding our hands and we are not alone? Yes, yeah. Yeah, waiting is very hard uh, because we want, there's a void, there's an empty space that's created when we wait and we want it filled and we want it filled with our desire. And that's why waiting is so hard because there's all, we're always, this thing is always out there calling our name 
And one thing that helped me through the stages of waiting was refocusing my eyes on the Lord and, un and understanding what Jesus said, that don't worry about tomorrow. Sufficient is the evil in the day thereof. Think about today, right? Keep your eyes focused on the moment. And that helped. And the progression is very natural. It's a, it's a natural progression. If you stay obedient to God in the moment, then the inevitable end of your waiting will come. And it will, and when it happens, it will be exactly what God wants him to be. So I had to stay focused on God, what do you want me to do today? How do you want me to respond in this moment? What do I say to this thing? Not what do I say to the thing that's going to come five years from now or two years from now or tomorrow? What do I say to the, to this thing? And waiting kind of, uh, there are 10, was 10 stages, 11, 10 stages in waiting. And it goes from hope. You know, when we first start waiting, we are, we are very hopeful that for what it is that we are desiring and that it will be delivered to us quickly. That often is not the case. There's so much character building that happens in waiting. God uses waiting to transform the person who waits. If we, if we do it, in a way that honors him, that stays submitted to him. And that is honest. That's the other thing I would say that I, I was very honest when I was frustrated. I said, God, I'm mad. Um, I'm frustrated. This is this is bothering me. When when I didn't like something, God, I don't like this. When I needed to break away because the waiting became too much, I walked away. You know, like when you're in the when you're in the hospital and you're waiting on a loved one to come out of surgery and the surgery is taking a long time, sometimes the nurse will come and say, why don't you go take a break? Why don't you go and get something to eat? Why don't you go and do, do this? Because those things help the waiting pass and, and we, we become less um, aware of the passage of time. So take a break from the waiting. Go go and do something that feeds your soul. If you love photography, pick up a camera and go and take pictures, you know, go and sing a song, go do the things that make waiting bearable for you as well. That's another thing that really, really helped me is learning what fed my heart and to do those activities until, until I could do, until I could do what I wanted to do in my family and with my family. Wow. So it's actually nice to learn something when you're waiting. You you will find out that you love some things better. I can, I can relate with that. That's yeah. such an amazing thing. Okay. Now let's talk about the book itself. Okay. I know we have been talking about the book, but let's talk about the book itself. Itself itself. So um <laughs> okay. I know somewhere, okay, let's say when you were younger, maybe like my age, around 20s, you never thought of being a stepmom, right? Yeah. You never thought of, ah, okay. So, and we don't know what the future holds for anybody that will be listening to this. Now, okay, when you realize that you were stepping into the position of being a stepmom, 
what was the first feeling you had? Well, the first thing, well, the first thing I did was pray. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. So I need your help. I I was um I felt I didn't feel scared, but I wasn't confident. I, I knew that I needed help because I, I had never been in this position before. Um, the only thing I knew to do was, okay, God, show me how to love. That's the only thing I knew to do for sure. And everything else was going to be a, a step by trial and error. Everything else was going to be trial and error because I didn't know, I didn't know their mom. So I didn't know how she would react. Um, I didn't know how, I have a biological daughter. I didn't know how my daughter would react. Um, I, I had assurances from the father to trust him. And that was the only thing that I could do was, was to trust God. That's it. But I was, I felt somewhere between intimidated and confident somewhere in between intimidated and confident is how I felt. Okay. Uh, okay. I said, okay, to the next question and mm -hmm. the first chapter you talked about overcoming the fear that comes with being loved with accepting yourself and trusting God that is there with you in everything you go through. And, um, you, you you talked about your childhood days, how things were easy for you and growing up, how it was so hard to accept that this responsibility coming your way is not as simple as it, as it is, as it was when you were a child. Now, how were you able to overcome the fear that comes with being loved? You know, as young people, you know, as we grow up, we feel the need to be loved more than giving out love. You know, when we were young, when we were, when, we were, when we were a child, our parents really showered us in lots of love. And as we grow up, we find out that the world is different. People yes. actually, everybody demands. Not, not many people want to give out love. Everybody wants to receive. You have many people that are receivers more than givers. So, yes. and those that actually give, um, they don't return the love back to themselves. People struggle with loving themselves, accepting who they are, accepting the situation where they are in, and being able to navigate through the waters of life. So, how are you to, able to overcome the fear that comes with the fact that, okay, this is it, people want to be loved, but I also need to love myself in return. How are you able to strike the balance? I, I know I'm going to sound like I am repeating myself, but it really was the grace of God. It, it really was God showing me how to do that. And first of all, me, me understanding how very much loved I am by God. I was already accepted in the beloved. I was already wanted by God. I was already valued by God. So then I didn't have to look to my family to fill those needs. My, my heavenly father filled those needs. And that helped me be able to love freely. Um, and in those moments when 
it, it got a little difficult to say, okay, I need to step back and not feel guilty about that. Again, because I knew that my father loved me. When we can, when we stop demanding that the people around us do for us what only God can do, it will, it will alleviate a lot of pressure off of our relationships and it will make our relationships easier to, to be in. If we can look to God for the deeper needs of identity and validation and hope and love, unconditional love, then it's easier for us to say, okay, I'm going to give love and now I'm a little empty. So I need to go and I need to go take a bath and, and close the bathroom door, <laughs> sing some songs, whatever it is I need to do to, to refresh myself. So, so really understanding who we are in God and who God is to and for us was was just it revolutionized the way I, be, I became or did stepmomming. And the, the phrase understanding your identity in Christ cannot be overemphasized. It's just a fact. As Christians, we need to understand our identity in Christ. And when we understand it, everything else falls into place. So we still struggle with understanding we are in Christ. Very sure we still struggle with a lot of things. But I struggled with understanding who I was in Christ uh, for the first few years when I came for the and but the moment I understand this was what God says I am, so what God says I am, and what He actually has a plan for me, everything becomes more and everything becomes better. And actually, I will recommend your book not just for step moms because when I was reading, I said, "Wow, she doesn't know she's even talking to single sisters out there, those that are not married." Yes, truly, it. It covers every area because though murdering, uh, being a mother is not something easy, but still being a sister is not easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it covers every area, and I really appreciate you for writing that book. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I, I would say, Victory, that truth is truth no matter where you are. And, and I really was I was very prayerful through this book that it would be based in truth because you know two plus two is four in Nigeria and two plus two is four in America right it doesn't truth is truth no matter where you go yeah and that's just a fact okay so to the last segment of this interview let's just talk about writing and uh, publishing and everything because I'm very sure that um most of the people that will be listening, they will want to hear ideas. Okay, so don't let me ask the question. I will able to gather inspiration. I know where the inspiration came from. <laughs> so it's not be too much of a cliche. Uh, so, okay. But let me say this about inspiration. Inspiration ultimately, yes, comes from God, but he uses our lives. He uses circumstances. He uses things that we see. He uses things that we read. Like I, I heard somebody say something one time. They just made, they made a statement. And I said, wow, that would be a great book. And I wrote it down. I wrote the statement down to revisit at a later date. So God, 
ultimately inspiration comes from God, but he uses everything to inspire us. Yes, that's um, for writers, uh, the best way to get inspiration aside from God is just listening to your environment and yes. being a deep thinker. God speaks to you through little ways. It might just be me holding, holding this and God is just giving me an idea of a complete cycle, you know. <laughs> Ideas can come in different ways and that's just the fact. That's why many of the writers, when they say they don't know the book to write, you know, have you paid an attention to your environment? Have you paid an attention to what is happening around you? That's a story on its own. So, That's okay, how, how has your writing project been like? Writing books, you have five books, right? Uh, yes. You have written five books. Yes, yes, you have written five books. And um, you said in an interview that your first book, I can't really remember the title, but I think you wrote a sequel to it in the later years after it was published. And you said it was co-published. Now, in interviews, we have heard about self-publishing, uh, local publishing, and I don't think co-publishing is any more popular again. Now, for a person who, how were you led to your, to the publisher, to the press, to the writer, you co-published the book together with, how were you led to him or her? I'm not very sure. In 2010, and I were you very sure that this the person I want to write this book with this person. Okay, so a co-publish co-publishing. Let me say this over here. It's um a company, a smaller company that does some of the work like a traditional publisher, but the author takes on more financial responsibility. So um so they are helping you to get your book out and they call it it's their two terms either co-publishing another term that is used is hybrid publishing so it's actually a, a publishing company that um, that requires the author to make an investment unlike traditional publishing where they make all of the investment up front and and but and they get all most of the profit as well so um but i i was led i was led to that particular co-publisher, I actually knew her. And um, when the Lord said, when the Lord directed me to write the book, I um, I was looking, I didn't know what to do. Again, one of those situations where I'm swimming in a new ocean and I don't know what it what the, what the current looks like. So I don't know how to how to navigate the waters, but here was somebody who did. And so I went to that person because I didn't know. And when I went to her, she kind of led me by the hand in this publishing journey. Co-publishing is different from what I thought it was. I thought it was two writers coming together. You know, someone will write this part. The other person will write this part. I think so that was what I thought. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm learning every day. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> How, okay, to the next question on, on your writing journey. Uh, when did, what year, okay, okay, what fits? They're able to accept the fact that, yes, I am a writer. Or is it until, yes, I am an author. Or is it until when you published the first book before you ever felt like an author? And how has it embracing this title 
for being called an auto in Liberia? <laughs> well, I, I will tell you, that was a big leap. That was a, a leap of faith for me. Um, I, like I said, it took four books before I said, oh, I'm an author. And, um, and it, I always say that a writer is somebody who pens a book. An author is somebody who that's all they think about is writing. Um, and they know that they are called to reach the world one word at a time through a book. And, and I, you know, because there are a lot of people who are writing books right now. Everybody that almost everybody that has a business is writing a book. But there's a difference between saying I have written a book versus I have given my life over to pouring my thoughts and my heart and my life and my research out on pen and paper to reach the hearts of the person that's gonna pick this book, the people that are gonna pick this book up and change their lives. That is different than, and that's the difference between a writer and an author. Okay, so how, how did you feel your first book? My first book? I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> No, <laughs> but, but God said, I want you to write. And I will, it started because I was going through, I was going through a divorce. I was married for 17 years. The first time I was married and I started going through a divorce and I was spending a lot of time with the Lord and he was pouring a lot into my heart and I needed an outlet. So I started writing an email devotional that I was sending to just a few friends. And that ended up going to hundreds of people. And then the Lord said, I want you to write a book based on the things that I'm teaching you in, in this season. So I started writing that book. The first book came um, just, I started actually started writing it before it was published, obviously, um, maybe a couple of years. The first, the first book started, the seeds for it was planted while I was in a very difficult season. And when I came out of that season is when I wrote the book. And that book is called um, No Matter What, Radical Trust in an Unfailing God. And I learned, that's when I had been a Christian for years, Victory, but that was during a difficult season is when I learned really who God is to me, who he wants to be to me. And, and that book came out of that process. And um, I felt, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm just following God. That's all I'm doing. So, and like I said, it took four books later is when I said, oh, I, I'm actually in an, I'm an author. This is what God has called me to do, to minister to people, to write and to teach. That's what he's called me to do. Amazing, amazing. I think I started my first book. I started writing from a young age, actually, so. I don't really like writing non-fiction. Mm -hmm. I write mostly fiction books. So you know, fiction books are easy. The protagonist, think about the antagonist. Okay, what is the storyline, the ending, and everything. But for some people, it is kind of tough. Have you ever thought of writing a fiction book before? Or for now, are you? I'm going to be writing non-fiction. I'm going to write about my life. Have you ever thought of writing a fiction, a fictional book? I, I love it. I, God has taught me a lot through fiction writing, through fiction stories. I, I have read some things because you can you can preach in a fiction book without 
quoting scripture. You know, you just, you yeah. just, right? <laughs> it is so cool. It, it's really cool. And I encourage people to, people who write nonfiction books to read fiction, to read outside of the genre that you write in. So if read poetry, read um, biographies, read, you know, but I especially encourage nonfiction writers to read fiction books and to try your hand at writing a nonfiction book, not necessarily to publish, maybe just for your own purposes, but try your hands at it. Get out of the, the, um, the uh, realm of just giving facts and start telling stories. Okay, um, about your ministry, Step Mom said, how did the idea of the name form? Well, um, stepmom sanity came because when I became a stepmom, I, I wanted some women around me. I wanted some sisters around me who were stepmoms who could help me. And I didn't, I didn't find any. Although step families are now for every 10 marriages, at least in America, that are being conducted, four of them create a step family. But in the church, there was not a lot of support for step families. And so I was like, well, where are, where are we? Where are the women who have become a stepmom and how are they doing this well? But I couldn't find them. And so stepmom sanity was birthed because I, it was what I needed. And, and often that's what God does. He, he, yeah. lets, he lets you see what's needed and then he calls you to meet the need. And so that's what he did. He let me see what was needed. And I felt the, the pain of not having a tribe around me. And he said, now I want you to be what you needed. Okay. So, okay, the last question. <laughs> okay, so what encouragement do you have for someone who God is calling to do something greater? For someone that is calling to do something someone else has not done before. Like your idea, your ministry. I don't think I've seen it in Nigeria. I've not mm -hmm. seen it. Maybe I've not done my research well, but I've not seen it. But, um, and God has been helping you. You started out last year, right? Yes. And so far it has been amazing. God is working through you. And I know God has a lot in store for you and for your ministry. Now, what encouragement do you have for people? Some people want to go into ministry because others are doing it, or maybe because that's just a popular thing in, uh, in the world and in demand. And maybe God is trying to call them into something new and newness comes with so many changes. Yes. And, um, they don't know how to do it. What advice do you have for them? What works for you? Yes, prayer is one thing, but what works for you? The okay. sleepless night, how are you to navigate everything and how are you to be uh, working in that process to be what God wants you to be? So my, my encouragement is to go back to that scripture that I read to you earlier. <laughs> First Chronicles 28 and 20, 
Then David said to his son, Solomon, be strong and courageous. So first of all, um, you know, the absent fear is not of God. It's not God. God has not given us the spirit of fear. He's given us the spirit of power. He's given us the spirit of love. And he's given us a sound mind, a mind that is rightly aligned with his word and with his truth. So move forward in, if you can't move forward in your own strength, move forward in his strength, understanding that he has given you the ability to accomplish his good pleasure in the earth. And then it goes on to say, and do the work. So even when you, when, when you feel intimidated, do the work. When you don't know what you're doing, do the work. When you are tired, do the work. Do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord God, my God. I love that David, David was talking to Solomon here. I love that he said, not just the Lord God, but my God. In other words, Solomon, you know the stories. You know that, that God strengthened me to kill the bear. You know that God strengthened my hand to kill Goliath. You know that God set me on the throne. You know my God stories. So rehearse your God stories. Trace his track record in your life. You will see God has a history of success. And you know that that, that same God that healed you, that delivered you, that saved you, that loved you, that equipped you, that helped you, he is with you today. Your God is with you. He won't leave you or abandon you until all the work for the service of the Lord's house is finished. And then the next scripture says this, here are the divisions of the priests and the Levites for all the service of God's house. Every willing person of any skill will be at your disposal for the work and the leaders and the people are at your every command. In other words, when you are ready to move forward, God will supply you with everything that you need. And that, that is what happened. He encouraged, the Lord encouraged me. Uh, as I stepped, as I took a tentative step of obedience, he flooded me with everything that I needed to fulfill his call in my life. Listen, God is invested in your success. He has given you talents. If it's two, five, or, or how many ever, one, three, or five, he has given you a talent and he has invested himself and he has pledged himself to your success. He wants, to, he wants you to get the well done. So I want to encourage you to, to, to really do the work, go for it. Take the, take the first step of faith and then take the next step of faith and then take the next step of faith. And before you know it, you are way out on the water without a pedal, but God is with you and he is holding you up. Thank you so much for that encouraging word. Uh, thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you are you. so welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Okay, so briefly, can you just talk about how to get your book and some of the things you do at Step Mom Sanity? Sure. So, um, Step Mom Sanity is a sister circle of support, um, so providing help and hope for step moms who are there, wherever you're there is, honey, from step moms who have been there. 
You can find us at stepmomsanity.com. You can follow us or like us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at stepmomsanity. And if you like the book, you can get it from Amazon and it is distributed worldwide. So you can go to Amazon and get the book right from amazon.com. And that's Waiting to be Wanted, A Stepmom's Guide to Loving Before Being Loved. And there's a workbook that comes along with it because there's just something I have written will inspire something in you. The Holy Spirit will inspire something in you that I did not write. And so I wanted to provide a workbook so that people can journal and, and jot down their questions and wrestle with some of the concepts and the scriptures that are in the, that's in the book. So there's a workbook and a book as well. Is there no one for stepfathers? <laughs> I, I just thought of it now. So it won't be biased. Is there a book coming out for stepfathers? So, so those of the male gender listening to the podcast, no few left out. Anyway, they can read the book and surely they will find nuggets that will be very useful for them in their journey in life. And I pray for you and your business and every other thing God will do through you and you keep touching life, keep blessing life. And uh, your source of joy, your source of inspiration will not run dry in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you so very much. So can you just um, say a quick word of prayer to our listeners and to those going through one thing or the other that just need the encouragement? Yes. You would like me to pray? Yes. Yes. Okay. Father God, in the matchless and awesome name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I thank you so much for victory. I thank you for the platform that you have given her to encourage um, those that you have called to business and to ministry, Lord God. Father God, I ask that you would just bless every listener right now, God. That you, would eat, that you would strengthen them in their inner man, Lord God. Remind them, Father, that you are with them, that you are for them, and that you have already gone before them to prepare the way. You are a good shepherd, God, and you have not left us alone. Father, I thank you so much for the work that you are doing in and through them, Lord God, because we know that you don't just work through us, Father. You work in us first. Lord, thank you for the relationship that they all have with you, Father, that they are called by the name of Jesus, that they have become your sons and your daughters, Lord God. And Father, we do not take it for granted that we belong to you, God. Lord God, bless the work of their hand. Cause it to prosper, Lord God. Cause their work and their ministry to rise up, Lord God, and multiply that your gospel would be perpetuated around the world. I thank you, Lord God, for giving them a greater reach, Lord God. And Father God, that the words that they speak would pierce to the quick of the heart, Lord God, because they are speaking your word. Give them ears to hear what the spirit of God is saying and feet that are swift to obey you, God. Lord, I thank you for the, for the outbreak of your anointing and revival in their lives. Father, perfect everything concerning them. Bless their families. Bless their marriages, God. 
Lord God, bless most of all their relationship with you. Cause your face to shine upon them, Lord God, and draw them to yourself. I thank you for a deeper intimacy with Jesus Christ. I thank you for greater relationship and greater revelation of who you are and of who they are in you, God. In Jesus' name, I pray and give you honor and give you glory. Amen. Hey there, this is your host Victory live in one, two, three, four, five. I was supposed to count to the back, so let's do it again. Five, four, three, two, one. I just want to thank you for listening to this episode that you should make. It was beautiful, and I know you've gotten one or two things to learn from her. Please do well to buy a book. Do well to say hi to her either on Facebook or Instagram or wherever or where Instagram, sorry, or wherever. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Make sure you are a subscriber, whatsoever channel you are listening to, whether on the Google Podcast or on Spotify or the Apple Podcast or on YouTube. Let's stay connected and equip what you are amazing and thank you so much for joining.